Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Near-death experiences have captured you. How did that happen? Yeah. I don't know. I, I started uh, more of these, you know, people, I've been doing this for over two years now, this particular podcast. Okay. And lately I've just been getting more of these uh, near-death experience uh, people calling and it's been, it's just kind of uh, seduced me a bit because the experiences have so many reoccurring elements. And, and I, I go back, I remember reading the uh, Life After Life book back in the 70s, right? back, And that was like the first time this stuff was even talked about. And, and all of these people having all these similar experiences, and, and nobody knew it. Nobody knew it. In fact, I was recently talking to somebody who had an experience and literally did not know anything about near-death experiences until five years ago. And she's, I think she's in her 50s, and she's, she's never heard about it. And so when she was looking at her experience that she had back when she was 11 years old, this was somebody who didn't come from faith, knew nothing about faith, and yet a lot of her experiences line up with what we know about faith and, and this reoccurrence of these, uh, you know, life reviews. And you've talked to Howard Storm, right? I oh, yeah, absolutely. And he had a doozy. Now, here, here was a case of, of an atheist. And he still had this experience, and he still got a life review of these kind of angel types kind of encircling him with screens and showing him his life. And he kept saying, could we stop watching, please, because it was so embarrassing, and he didn't like who he was. And yet he still got the life experience. Or if you want to get really biblically correct, I was talking to this one woman, and you know these, these, um, these life reviews in particular – Often it's a book, and they open up the book, and kind of a movie play sometimes, and you see kind of the highlights and lowlights of your life. The Akashic Records, right? Huh? The Akashic Records. There you go. And and in this one particular case, she's looking at her life, and she's seeing her sins, if you will. And when it occurred, and she realized that it wasn't right, and she said in her heart, I'm sorry, the sin disappeared. It disappeared off her record, if you will. And which is biblically correct. If you go to Acts three nineteen, it says, you know, say you're sorry, repent for your sins, and your sins will be blotted out. They're they're gone. It's it's gone. You know, it's the scarlet turned into you know white snow, like Isaiah said. And so you know, you see this occurring over and over again, and with people who have no background, no knowledge, and yet it still lines up with what uh, believers believe. These near-death experiences are truly remarkable, uh, and what they see on the other side and then come back, and, and in some cases, they don't want to come back, and they're basically pushed, go back, go back, but it does change their life once they come back, and have you noticed that with the, the people who've called? Yeah, they've, uh, and you're right, there's kind of a, usually a discussion uh, that uh, God always wins. <laughs> That's right. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, obviously we're talking to the people who did come back. You'd be curious to hear those stories of people who went, oh, I get to go in. Uh, actually, there was one woman I was talking to, she was invited in, and but God said to her, but understand that if you do come in, he, it, they showed her what was going to happen to her son, suicide. They showed her what was going to happen to her boyfriend. He was going to end up in hell. And so they said, feel free to come in if you want to, but here's what's going to happen. Well, you know, what is she going to do? I think by the mere fact, I think she qualified for heaven because she wouldn't go into heaven, if you will, because she, you know, obviously she came back to, to turn those people around. In Howard's case, this, this atheist guy, I mean, here's a case where he wanted to go to heaven. And no, you're, you know, he was, he was having his encounter with Jesus. And no, you're 
you're you're not you're you're going back and he came back to be a pastor i mean he totally switched i mean he lost his wife lost his kids because they're not going to be around this you know this crazy christian guy or whatever so you you they're, they're different it's interesting the different encounters in one case <clears throat> i was talking to one woman and she was told you got you got to come back she was very she was very young and i i know i want i want to stay here i feel i feel good here with you jesus and and Jesus said, look at this. And he showed her a picture of a young man. She was about 11 years old when this happened. And she sees a young man around 20, and she's thinking, well, is that my future husband? You know, what is that? You know, but she was kind of like intrigued by being shown this picture of this young guy, young, handsome guy. So she comes back, goes through her life. She would meet that young man many, many years later. She was in her kitchen one day, and her son came in. And he looked at her in a certain way, kind of adoringly, and it fla- she flashed. It was her son. The picture that was being huh. shown to her in the near-death experience was her son, which she was going to have many, many years later. And that was the moment she just kind of went, oh, okay. Would you call these miracles? Uh, miraculous happenings, yeah. I, you yeah. Know, I think they're in the realm. I think they're in the realm. Uh, the miraculous, yeah, the God shooting off the flare gun, letting us letting us know he's here. What I think is so interesting about the near-death experiences, and sometimes it's just a little piece of those. Like I was just reading about one where this woman, she dies for a while, and she's floating outside the building. You know, she sees on the operating table and floats outside the building, and she noticed something on the building. She noticed on a ledge an old shoe. And the only way you could see that shoe was from where she was as she was floating away outside the building, or it was an old building, or if you crawled out the window a little bit, then you could see this old... I, nobody knows how it got there, but they checked. They went out to that window, opened it up, and kind of crawled out a bit, and there's this old shoe. And it's like one of these little moments, like, what is that in the, in the, in the big picture? But it's just a cool little moment that just kind of reinforces that there is something else for anybody who thinks there's nothing after this, my gosh, George, you know this too. There is just so much evidence out here, and 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 there are now millions of cases of these near-death experiences. And I and I know that some people, they want to go. Well, it's, it has to do with your cerebellum, and it's connected to the hydraulic suit. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's like, come on, come on, an old shoe. Come on, how do you know? How do you know it's there? How do you know? Well, one of our favorite movies, It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart, kind of echoes that story you just said about the woman who was basically shown what life would be like without her. Her son would have this, would you know, somebody would commit suicide, her brother would. And uh, we really don't realize how much of an impact we have on people's lives no, if we weren't here. True. Very true, and I and I think in these experiences, I think these are such a gift, George. They're such a gift. If we didn't have these, I mean, look how much information we have about heaven, you know, and how much information we have uh, about about everything because of the near death experiences. That there is life after life, you know. Everybody comes back. There are certain things that reoccur when people go to heaven, then come back how everything is alive in heaven. Everything is interacting with everything else. There's nothing dead. You know, grass can be singing. Fish can be singing. I mean, uh, choirs of angels are singing in this beautiful music. Some things just keep, they keep coming back again and again with the same report. 
And so I, I just think, again, God shooting off the flare gun going, don't worry. Because those people who come back, as you've heard, they, they come back, they don't have fear of death anymore. They don't, they don't fear no, they're anymore. not. They're yeah. not. And the other thing that I've noticed, when people have these encounter stories, it's, it's, I think some people get these because life is going to get really, really bumpy. And it's like a little gift so that when life gets really bumpy and you don't know if, whether or not you can handle it, you can go back to those moments, kind of grab those moments and remember those moments. And, oh, yeah, this, this, there is a bigger dimension here. You know, I think they kind of reassure you and fortify your faith that it, it, it's all okay. It's all okay because you can go back and grab whether it's a near-death experience or some miraculous healing or an encounter with an angel or whatever. Do Yeah, do angel stories come up much with you? They're the tops. They and are. I think that's how most people find us, our angel stories. And, and, the, and those stories vary, too. Sometimes it's guidance, you know, somebody needs some extra guidance or, or directing them. Sometimes they hear a voice. Sometimes they see them. One of my favorites is a guy, he was in town. He doesn't live here, but he came through town uh, to do some work at the church. And one of his big conversion moments was with an angel. He was really down and out. He was very depressed. He wanted to end his life. He, he, before he left home, he kind of labeled everything and who he wanted it to go to. My truck goes to this person. My jewelry goes to this. My yeah. ring goes to this. Yeah. You know, he was just, he labeled everything. And then he headed out with his gun. And it's a small town. And he went behind this little shopping plaza, parked his car. Nobody is two or three in the morning. And he parks his car because this is going to be the end. He's going to end it tonight. He's going to end it tonight. And he gets his gun and he holds it to his head. And there's this wrapping on his side window of his car. And he looks over and it's a black man wearing just rags, just wearing just, just rags for clothes. Like a homeless guy. Yeah, yeah. And he rolls down the window and goes, what? And he says, look, I don't know what brought you to this point, but would it be okay if I prayed with you? Oh. And, he, and, he, and he goes, uh, yeah, whatever, I'm going to do this anyway, but yeah, go ahead. So he starts praying, and whatever this black man angel, whatever he was, and what he said, touched John, cowboy John here, and he started crying. And he puts his head into his hands and just sobs for like, you know, 15, 20 seconds. Then he looks up to this guy and he's gone. He's gone. Jeez. There's nowhere to go. He, he's, he's, there's no one around. And he starts driving around looking for this guy. He just disappeared. He appeared out of nowhere. He disappeared into wherever. He's just, he's just gone. And John knows that that, that was an angel sent to him. Absolutely. To him Absolutely. I had a story no once, doubt. Trapper, uh, somebody called my show, my local show in St. Louis when I was the Nighthawk years ago. And uh, he said, George, you, you have to hear this story. There was a moment in my life, much like this person, I was so despondent, everything was going wrong. Bad relationship, lousy job, just nothing was going right for me. And I decided to kill myself. And uh, I decided I'm going to do this my way. I'm going to shoot myself, but I'm going to do it in a setting that I like, and I'm going to be tranquil with it, and that's what I'm going to do. So he got in his car with his gun and went driving, looking for the place that he wanted to kill himself. And he saw, over on the side of the freeway, hours away, a little pond, and he said he saw little ducks hit it and fly out. And He said, that's where I wanted to kill myself. So he pulled over pulled around, got to that side. There was a little park bench there. 
He sat down, had the gun right there in his uh, pocket, and he was ready to kill himself right there over all the things that had happened to him. And he said, right before I pulled out my gun, a farmer comes by, coveralls and everything, and sits down right next to me. And the guy doesn't stop talking. He just talks about life and this and what are you doing for a living and are you married? And he said, I got to tell you, after like 40 minutes of hearing this guy, I actually started feeling good again. And he saved my life. I thanked him. I gave him a hug and I left and I came back home. And George, I got a better job. I got a new relationship. I'm married now. Things are great. I decided about a year after things were getting better to go back and thank this guy, but I didn't get his full name. All I knew was his first name, and it was this little tiny town. So I said, I'm going to go to the barber shop because the barber knows everybody. So he goes in there and he says, excuse me, but I'm looking for a guy named Ben. And, you know, he looked like this. And the barber said, oh, hold on, hold on. You want to go see his daughter, the house at the top of the hill, the big white one. And he said, okay. And he said, George, when the barber said that to me, though, I thought something might have happened to the guy. But I went to the house, knocked on the door. A younger lady came, and I said, excuse me, but uh, I just wanted to thank your father for something that he did for me about a year ago. And she said, ah, stop right there. You're about the eighth caller to come to me and say me say that. Dad died 15 years ago. Isn't that beautiful? That's these just so emotional, aren't they? Yeah, and that's called uh, sometimes we entertain angels is the way Hebrews puts it. Uh, it's that you never know. You never know. Sometimes when you're talking to a stranger, it's uh, someone who just drops out of the sky. Who sends them? Uh, well, God, ultimately, it's always God, right? Yeah. It's always God. I wonder if there's a committee up there, you know, going, <laughs> you know, Trapper needs us right now. Let's go down and fix him. Yeah. I mean, they're all, uh, they're all in on it together, if you will. But, you know, recently, in, in a different kind of angel story, firefighters, God bless firefighters. Absolutely. Uh, they, they have angels. I just had a New York City firefighter, longtime firefighter, Danny Sheridan, on the, on the program. And he started listing all the times he should have died and people he saved who should have died. And he said, there's just no accounting for it. They're in this, and they're in this warehouse, this uh, condemned warehouse, but there's all this machinery still in it, and they're going in there. It's all on fire. And then one of the firemen falls through the ceiling oh boy. And he's into the fire. He's, going to pl- he's plunging in. He's dropping 20, 30 feet into the fire. Where does he land? On a bed that was put there by the homeless. He missed everything else, all these jagged machinery bits. And he pieces. was a goner. Jeez. Oh, he totally gone. Totally gone. He walked away. He bounced on the bed and walked away. Now tell me there isn't an angel in there somewhere. Of all the places to break through the ceiling... During this raging fire, they, they have angels. He told me so many stories of like 30 firefighters being in a building, and then suddenly it's like, oh, we're, we shouldn't be in this building because it was condemned or whatever. And then, okay, everybody out. And the second everybody was out, down comes the whole building, that kind of stuff, especially decades ago in New York City when there were so many of those kinds of buildings. There are so many stories where you just can't, it's just, it's just not coincidence. And they're real. They're real oh, stories. They, yeah. Yeah, 
documented stories, man. Documented, yeah. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.